1: Before we talk about House of the Dragon, we should first talk about Game of Thrones. We should. First, Season 8. Season 8. So. Welcome back, everybody, to episode number 26. Today, we are going to be talking about a little bit of Game of Thrones, but the majority of this is going to be about House of the Dragon. We just watched episode number one, and I think I should also mention, this is not Richie. This, If you're listening on audio only, we have a special guest here. This is my good friend, Jordan, and he is a huge Game of Thrones fan and convinced me to watch house of the dragon and now we're going to be watching the whole entire season together maybe not every episode together but we're going to be watching the whole season we're giving you our reactions to episode one and our feelings about it and then when the season finishes after episode 10 we'll come back and review the whole show but if you'll notice jordan has a lot more hair than richie that's so the, key. That that, is the key that is the key so he's already a more impressive specimen overall mm-hmm. But now let's get down and dirty. Before we talk about House of the Dragon, we should first talk about Game of Thrones. We should first season eight. Season eight. <clears throat> so first thing about season eight is <laughs> now, pour this now no joke. Season eight deeply affected me as a human. It it affected it my affected psyche. It affected many people. It did. In a very Tears deep way. Children. Children who are not born yet are affected by season eight of Game of Thrones. Uh, honestly, though, jokes aside, Game of Thrones has been huge for, uh, I'll let you tell this story, but it has been huge for, it. it's basically how we became friends, right? Yeah, yeah. And do you want to tell that story?
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we knew of each other sort of, like, uh, peripherally from just, like, you know, knowing people, mm-hmm. other people. But I remember one time, when uh, I was at your uh, apartment, and you were living with some other people. Uh, I looked into your bedroom and just saw the banners hanging down, like from the veil and the Baratheon and everything. I was like, oh, you're, so you're you're a Game of Thrones fan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm one too. And then, so we got talking and it was like, yeah, this okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. And then at one point we we're like, all right, let's, Let's let's just nerd out and rank the seasons. Rank them. Rank them. Yep. And we did, and they were virtually identical. And I think
1: we swapped season four and six, and that was something it. like
2: that. Yeah, and that was like our stepbrothers. Did we just become best friends? Moment. Yes. You know, it was like yeah. it was it was uh, it was it was a total nerd out. But yeah, it's it's worked out well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was only fitting to have you. And this, if I didn't say your name, this is Jordan, by the way. I think you said my name. Did, did I? Well, it's we'll Jordan figure again. It. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll out. <laughs> but this is this is Jordan, and that's that's our essentially, our intro to yeah. to how we became big friends because we were acquaintances before. And so it was only fitting that you were on the Game of Thrones House of the Dragon mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, And so Game of Thrones, we won't batter this to death because it's been said before.
2: We're very well battered by this point. Yes.
1: But. Would you like to give some two cents first of what Game of Thrones, a peak Game of Thrones, meant to you and just how great the peak of this show is?
2: Yeah, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's such an important show just in television in general. I mean, it really did change... Uh, people's per- perspectives of what a television series could be in mm-hmm. terms of it being cinematic. Um, obviously, just the budgets for TV shows have gone up so much, and a lot of that is traced to, to, to Game of Thrones. I mean, yeah, seasons one through four are just absolute masterpieces. They're just pure perfection, pretty much. Um, and then, obviously, there is that sort of decline from season five. Season five, I think, is the first one where you start to see some of the problems coming out. Um,
1: but you got to admit season six pulls seasons. it together oh, yeah. phenomenally.
2: And even I mean, season five, I mean, like the battle, the, the hard home episode is, is really great. Fantastic. So th- even, so even in those like, uh, first couple seasons after, like they start to kind of depart from the books, although season five has elements of the books mm-hmm. in them, but you know, it's even after George R. R. Martin's getting less and less involved, which is a something that we'll talk about with, with house of the dragon, yeah, yeah. but, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think season six has some really great moments. Season five has some really great moments. It's seven and eight that I think in hindsight people have really looked back on as the two that sort of stand out as where Game of Thrones really just kind of went off a cliff. And season seven's interesting because I remember when season seven first came out, people really did not seem that um, unenthusiastic about it, actually. And I think a lot of that was because of the build up to season eight and season eight happened. And that was all very immediate. Everyone was very... Uh, negative on it from the start. And then people have looked back at season seven and said, well, a lot of the issues that I think that happened later on, you can kind of look and see popping up there. And, exactly. Um, that, that's exactly so the those case. last two seasons, but yeah. Yeah. Season eight. Now I remember, I remember this to me, the ultimate sort of, uh, way that I look at that season. Cause people had different reactions. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you cried a lot.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Just, uh,
2: I was, as did many people, uh, but I remember I, I, mine, was, mine was interesting because I, I was somewhat indifferent to it. And I don't, mm. I, I don't exactly know why. Because as you said, like I'm someone who had read the books. I had really been passionate about the show. Um, but I remember watching that last episode. and was at a watch party. And it was about 20 minutes in. And at some point, I just kind of looked outside. and noticed off in the distance through the window was just a, was like a lightning storm. Just off yes. in the distance. And I'm not angry. I'm not making a statement. Yeah. It's just I get up, walk out around the, the, the couch, through the kitchen, out into the patio, and I just stood out there for 10 minutes and watched this. Lightning storm off in the distance. This, this
1: approaching storm. Yeah, this approaching storm. But I'm just <laughs> was, like
2: in this moment, this was more important to me than watching the final episode of a show that I dedicated, you know, six years of my life to. Rand ran the
1: broken was on the screen, and as, you decided the storm was more interesting. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so,
2: um, but yeah, so that that kind of epitomizes that. Yeah, um,
1: that epitomizes what it felt to experience season eight yeah. in a nutshell. But now, House of the Dragon, we just watched episode one brand new came out within the past hour or two and initial reaction online. This is just based on like IMDb reviews. Very positive, very positive, super positive, almost more positive. I'd say more positive than us because our, our initial conversation about this is not bad not excellent, right? Would you say that's generally your feeling of the premiere of House of the Dragon?
2: Yeah, no, I came into this with very limited expectations. I mean, I was not expecting um, uh, something that was going to wow me. I was not Mm. expecting that. But um, I guess I was sort of surprised that it it felt different than I expected. It did not feel... um, The pacing felt different than Game of Thrones, how how, how that had been presented. Mm -hmm. Um, The intro was very different, you know, obviously, but... um, yeah, no, it's it. it um, I think it was just the key for me. The key was I didn't want to hype myself up too much. I mm-hmm. know when, when when the trailer first came out, you seemed pretty negative, and I had to kind of talk you into like, no, you know, it could be good.
1: This is very it important. Be, give you, it a did, you talked me into watching yeah. House of the Dragon yeah. mainly because I was so heartbroken by yeah. season eight, and you said, "Listen," you essentially told me that D and D the old creators are not part of this, and George R. R. Martin is very involved, right? Yeah, he is. He. This is a book he wrote, a prequel to Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And could you tell us more about that? This is, the, George R. R. Martin supposedly very much involved in the House of Dragon.
2: Yeah, no, he really pushed HBO for to make this their first sort of Game of Thrones spinoff. They had other okay. ideas, um, and this was the one that he wanted to to tell. Uh, I think it's a good it, it's a good first one because obviously I think HBO's they're planning other spinoffs now, and they're going to do one with Jon Snow. I think this is a good starting point because I think it it, it there's there's elements from the original series uh that are cl- clearly present it's a it's a fight for the iron throne you know mm-hmm. that that sort of central element that made you know that was so key to the original series is there um so there's some familiar stuff it's it's you know you have your sort of family squabbles and everything um so yeah no i think he really pushed it and i think he made ultimately it was the right decision and i mean when i've talked about how i How I've been able to separate this from season eight, a lot of it comes back to George R. R. Martin's involvement. He became less and less involved with Game of Thrones as it went along, especially after season four. Mm. So for me, the having him having this being based off of a book, first off, you know, not just a prequel that you know where HBO is having to fill in the blanks, you know, and come up with their own stories and their own characters. Having it being based off of something that he actually wrote is important. Um, And then beyond that, the fact that uh, he's is involved very much in the show as a creator and a producer. And to me, that's important to have the author and the creator of this world um, very heavily involved as you try and expand and explore this world and, and try and bring people back into it after like a three year you know layoff. So certainly, I, I was I was enthusiastic for that reason. And again, I don't want to hate too much on uh, David Benioff and 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 DB Weiss because I think they've gotten a lot of hate and they were put into a difficult position. So it's not so much like oh they're gone, so it's going to be good now. It's it's just I I thought that it was important that. George R. R. Martin be involved. If the if you're going to do a prequel, I thought that he should have some involvement at some
1: level. It's also important to have the book finished exactly. for what you're going to talk about, right? I mean, exactly. I would, I would assume yeah. having the source material really helps. That, that, yeah, that
2: clearly proved that. Seven, season 7 and 8 clearly proved that it's good to have source material. Definitely did.
1: Yeah. So for, for episode 1 of House of the Dragon, the premiere episode, what would you say your general rating would be at ballpark? We don't have to get super specific. Yeah. Just general feeling... Where do you land on this?
2: Yeah, I'm I'd say I'm at a soft eight. Soft eight? Okay. An eight is pretty enthusiastic. Um, but um yeah, no, I think um I I, it it I was I was into it. I definitely felt invested Mm. um in what I was seeing. Um I really appreciated the effects. I think they really doubled down on that clearly. Sweet. Um and it felt very grandiose, it felt cinematic, which I really loved. Um uh, the only thing I'm I'm i waiting to see on is the characters. Well, yeah, let's,
1: we'll get into characters yeah. specifically for sure. Yeah, would so you give this a soft eight soft overall. Eight. Yeah, I'd so I'd say I'm a little bit more negative on it, but not negative on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm a high six somewhere mm-hmm. around there, and so I agree. Let's let's talk about characters first because if there's one negative aspect I could say about the premiere episode, it's and I hate to compare it to Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones season one, like automatically I was into those characters. And this premiere was very, very much lackluster. And I'm not super, I'm not super behind any of the characters yet. And like I said, it's just a premiere episode, but it seems like we're kind of on the same track there. Would you say, which character specifically are you hoping to get more out of throughout the season? Did is yeah. there a specific character that you were like, oh, I, I need more?
2: Yeah. Well, it seems like Rhaenyra is the main protagonist. That was sort of the... Yep. I and mean, she's sort of the Daenerys of the series. Um, mm-hmm. I think the main thing is like you look at what Daenerys went through right off the bat in Game of Thrones. She, she's put through so much and she, she's put through so many obstacles that you really can't help but just root for her and root for her to get through this and you see her ambition and all of those problems and, and, and uh, really difficult things that she goes through initially really helps to c- sort of get you on board right away. Right. Um, here, Rhaenyra doesn't have the same kind of challenges, certainly, because, I mean, she's, she, she's not in the same position that Daenerys is in. You know, she's, she's, you know the, the, her family hasn't been overthrown. She's not in exile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so her issues that she's dealing with are somewhat minor up until this point, you know? And so it's hard to get immediately uh, invested in her character um obviously you know Damon Targaryen he's he's a wild card um and it he's going to be one of the more complicated characters i think as mm. the, as the series goes which is good cuz you want complicated characters in a show like game of thrones
1: yeah uh, and could I agree with you more on the comparison between Daenerys and Rhaenyra. yeah no. and that Daenerys is, Daenerys is so easy to root for right off the bat because of all the hardships she goes through mm-hmm. and they're the same archetype of character Rhaenyra and Daenerys going yeah. through you know First episode already. Rhaenyra is named the heir of the throne. Daenerys is this exile whose brother's the heir of the throne. Eventually, she becomes and wants to become queen. But the comparisons are there, and Rhaenyra is tough to root for initially. You don't see so much showing of why you know why we can get behind this character. She, she seems like a good person, but mm-hmm. the hardships aren't there. Now with Damon, Damon acted very well.
2: Mm-hmm. I thought, Oh, God, yeah,
1: and he really looks like a good antagonist. He he yeah. gives me a really I'm. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely interested. And the king. What, what did you think about the king, Viserys? Is it?
2: Viserys. Yeah. I mean, the Viserys acting. Or... The acting. His acting was amazing. I mean, the scene between him and Damon in the throne room. I thought mm-hmm. that was so well done. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I think the really cool. Well, not cool. The. Uh, I think with him, the the most sort of uh, uh, um, um, emotional moment of the episode by far was the was the birthing scene. You know, that was that was tough to watch. And it really harkened back to Game of Thrones, in my opinion, with those hard decisions that characters have to make and sort of what power means and what you're willing to sacrifice for power. Mm. And, it, and, and he, he decides, obviously, in that moment that he wants to try and save what he thinks is his, is his son. There's not to be his son, but yeah. Yeah, at that point, he doesn't know for sure. And um, it was a very brutal sequence. It might be something that turned some people off, but um, I understood why they made it so graphic. And I think it was important for it to be shown. Uh, In that way. So, no, I really I thought he was a very interesting character because you can see he's someone who is fundamentally a good person, Mm. but he's being as a king. He's put into these roles where he has to make these very difficult decisions. And for me, that's 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 very Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones ish. You know, having it's, those it's, moral dilemmas. Exactly the moral yeah. dilemmas. That's that's what made me fall in love with the series, and just to see that in the first episode and those very powerful moments, I thought was was well done. So honestly, I think if, if he, probably he's the character I feel the most invested in, even more than Rhaenyra. up Until this point, we'll see what happens. We'll see how things change, but. Um, yeah. Again, to me it's all about the challenges that you see the characters facing. That's what's going to get me involved, and especially exactly. in a show like this. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. If you want to if you want to live up to P. Game of Thrones characters are everything. Mm-hmm. And that's why I give this somewhere in the high 6s so far. I don't hate it whatsoever. I'm looking for more and I'm going to continue to watch and I'm hoping that my expectations are obviously exceeded by mm-hmm. the end of this. So character wise, it was very much, yeah, the king had to make that difficult decision. You have Damon, correct Damon, who is, seems like a really good antagonist. Rhaenyra looking like a, uh, you know, starting with this ambition and she seems grounded. We'll see where she goes. Any other side characters? I know we had Hightower. Auto was... Hightower, yeah, yeah. Um, what did you think of the Hand of the King? That's Hightower, correct? Yeah, yeah There's so many names. <laughs> there yeah. are, so.
2: yeah, and I think the first thing I I I realized I talked to you about is the the days of the Jon Snows and the Rob Starks are gone. The easy yeah. names. We're now going to get some really weird, complicated, yeah. Targaryen yeah. names. And you know, um, the Hightowers are obviously going to play a very key role uh, as the series progresses. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, no, and you kind of saw it in that moment where he decides to have his daughter go in and comfort the king. Yeah. After yeah. he's lost his, his wife and son. And you kind of you see where he's going with that. And it's something that's very recognizable if you you know the politics of the time, you know, mm-hmm. that that this is based off of and you can see what he's trying to to do with that. And um, so yeah, he's he's a very interesting character. And it's it's going to be one of those things where, you know, the, the sacrifices that you make for power and the, and the decisions that you make for power. And I think you're going to see that play out with him, with him a lot.
1: For sure. Yeah. For sure. And what did you think? So talking now generally plot, mm-hmm. what do you think about the plot structure and where this is going to go? Obviously it's, they're battling yeah. over the throne. Yeah. It, I mean, this could be called Game of Thrones essentially. It's it, yeah. it's another Game of Thrones.
2: It is. And that's, that's, that's what I talked about earlier was why I thought this was a good, good first spinoff series for them to do is I think mm-hmm. you have a lot of the elements that made Game of Thrones, what it is and made it so popular present. It's a fight for the Iron Throne. Um, here it's more, uh, 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 it, it, you're following one family mostly. I mean, you have the high and you have other families kind of around. It, but this we is got one be,
1: Stark, remember the Stark? With yeah, yeah, he comes to, in, yes, yeah.
2: exactly, Yeah. So there's there's other families, but this but barely. is... Barely. Barely, and this is really going to be a struggle within the family versus what you had in Game of Thrones previously, mm-hmm. where it's Lannisters and Sarks and Baratheons. So I guess from from that perspective, it'll be less, less complicated, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. But
1: the names will still be complicated.
2: Like names yeah. will remain complicated. Names more complicated, more so. story
1: less so. Yes. That's we're, what we're gathering. Yeah. Plot by the end of this. Now, this story's already written, just like mm-hmm. Game of Thrones season one through five, where so people knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. People know what's going to happen in this season as mm-hmm. well, correct? Because you read yeah. the books?
2: Well, yeah. I did. I read the original. The, the the five that, that were written for the okay. main game of, uh, for, for Song of Ice and Fire, this okay. is based off of Fire and Blood, which is a spin off book. I actually have not read that.
1: Okay. But, I but do, you know what happens. I know what happens. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, the, but maybe they'll surprise us with specific things and we'll sure. take different directions. Sure, so, yeah. But general plot structure throughout this seems like it's going to be a battle over the throne. And something that I think should be mentioned here is do you think they'll follow the same structure as Game of Thrones and they'll have a an episode nine twist or mm-hmm. do you think they'll keep that structure of having an episode nine something crazy yeah. Ned Stark dies Red Wedding yeah uh, the, the season four there was a battle at the uh, battle at on the, the wall. wall on the wall yeah Hardhome was episode eight they threw us for a curveball that, that was a curveball that was <laughs> but, the other
2: cool thing about that yes, was that, yes it was but, so unexpected
1: season two Blackwater right yeah so yeah. Do you think they'll do that in House of the Dragon? Do you think they'll have a crazy whoa? What just happened in Episode Nine?
2: Yeah, I, I, that's that's a really interesting question because that's something that Game of Thrones became so known for was their Episode Nines. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if if they do, it's obvious it's a nod to the fact that yeah, th- this is the world uh, we're, we're, that that this is based off of that you know. Um, if they don't, I I won't be entirely shocked because already the, the way that this was shot and the editing felt very different. It didn't. It, the way it was put together did not feel exactly the same, if that makes sense. if it, it felt like yes. certain things were yeah. different, but it was similar enough that you didn't feel completely separated from, from the world. But right. um, I, I would not be shocked if they decide to, uh, to to not go with a very specific shocking event in episode nine. They might have a big battle sequence, mm-hmm. um, which, okay,
1: that. They could that probably applies. afford now because oh, of course it should could. be mentioned that their, yeah. the budget for their cinematography and whatnot. Is 150 to 200 million dollars. Mm-hmm. They have the money for it now. Which yeah. season one Game of Thrones when it started off did not. Yeah. They had five to six million per episode. Mm-hmm. This has a lot of money, and you could tell. Yeah. From the episode we saw, like, what would you think about the look, the the experience, yeah. the dragons? How did you think all this? I really liked
2: it. I liked first off the dragon designs were actually slightly different than the ones from you know the original series. If you yeah. look at them very, which I I, I liked. I thought that was I was a really cool decision to not have all the dragons look exactly the same. Um. No, I liked the whole look of it. I mean, it was a very, it was very dark. If that literally, I mean that very literal. A lot of the sequences were actually just shot in very yeah. low light, so um, I could tell what that they were going for a look. That one shot though. Uh, at the opening of the dragon flying in over King's Landing, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. The
1: clouds there, and yeah. they
2: were really showing off. They were like, "This is yeah, what look we look how much do.
1: money we have." Exactly. <laughs> look
2: how look. So I and I, look I again. I like that it had more of a cinematic feel. Again, mm-hmm. as Game of Thrones progressed, I mean, you watch the first season of Game of Thrones, and it, it's it's great in so many ways. It's it's probably the best written season of all of them but the world building necess- is not necessarily all there and as the show progressed more and more it, it sort of developed its look mm. with this you could tell they have it down they know exactly what the world looks like it's one that i think is very familiar if you've read the books i think they've done a very good job um again i think a lot of that goes back to george r, r. martin obviously being involved so he's going to be able to be you know advising. Constantly on like the the looks of stuff when they come to him with designs. I
1: don't think he can advise that much though because he's going to be spending a lot of time writing, right? Yes, that's... so you know he's he's still got to finish a couple books, right? <laughs> on, oh, George,
2: it's been, <laughs> it's been eleven years. I remember, I remember when uh, I, I was watching Ga- when I first started to get into Game of Thrones, and mm-hmm. I forget who, but someone had like this projection based on his writing technique, um, where they said we think somewhere between twenty fourteen. And 2018, the Winds of Winter will come out somewhere in that timeline. And I remember thinking, my God, if I have to wait till 2016 for the Winds of Winter, let alone to come 2018, out, yeah. yeah, I'm like, there's no, I, I don't know what I'll do. And lo and behold, here we are, yeah. eleven years later. And um, oh, look, he's writing, he's writing some really big books. I, I get that. Um, but obviously, it would have made things a lot easier if you know, A Dream of Spring had been completed before uh, the show finished, let alone the Winds of Winter. But
1: yeah, yeah, but, you know, yeah. I mean, what can you do? So. Yeah, but with House of the Dragon, he's involved here mm-hmm. and seems promising. They've got the budget for it. Mm-hmm. They've got uh, the actors seem great. So there's there's some confidence I have mm-hmm. um, of going into this with with that a, a tepid, cautious, but also I'm I'm looking forward to it in some regard. So we we went over characters. We went over the cinematography of the plot of it. What about what do you think about the dialogue? So far, just like a, I mean, we've only watched one episode, but just based on the hour that we saw, does it bring you back to that? Does it have that Game of Thrones dialogue? Did you were you wowed by anything, or was it as expected? Well, uh,
2: Benioff and Weiss aren't writing anymore, so it's going to mm-hmm. sound different, and it sounded uh, different. It sounded a little less monologue-y. I mean, there's a monologue at the end, but I felt I feel like when with the original series, you had a lot more. Um, uh, extended sequences of dialogue, one-on-one kind of interactions. Mm-hmm. This one felt a little quicker. It felt like the scenes were moving a bit quicker. Um, and it, it, it was less... Um, uh, I, I guess less one-on-one, if that makes sense. I feel like that, that's a key difference. So the dialogue was, for me, different. Um, f- from a book perspective, it wasn't anything that radically different. Um, I, I, I think... I think Benioff and Weiss, definitely, especially as the series progressed, brought their own style of writing to the show more than this. This didn't feel as distinct as that. This felt mm. more sort of just general. Um, but again, it's the first episode, so it's a lot of exposition. They're yeah. just trying to let the audience know, you know, give them some key points to follow as the series progresses. So, um, yeah, no, I, from a writing perspective and from the dialogue, I, I, was, I, I was, again, I was fine with it. It wasn't wild. Um, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a first episode They're they're just trying to get people involved and, and bring them back into this world.
1: Yeah. And expectations wise for the fans, not just for us, Mm -hmm. but I was, I was really actually surprised to see the huge, and like, like I said, we're recording this actually three ish hours after the episode Mm -hmm. premiered. So the initial reaction of the super fans who are watching this right away when it drops is really strong, Mm -hmm. which did surprise me. Uh, j- just a bit, but I think it's a lot of people feeling, You know, we left off with season eight with that, that was really down. And so coming into this and seeing something that's not bad is, is really promising. But the reason I was uh, really, really surprised by that general feel is I, I don't know why I expected more negativity, which uh, is good for the fandom, because mm-hmm. I-, I expected the people come into this and really start bashing it, because I know I, I don't want to shout out your parents here. But we finished the episode, and uh, your parents—they had some thoughts about. this. They, did. they were not fans. They were not. Fans. They were not fans of it. Could you say so something from outside our perspective? Is, I'm uh, high six about this. You know, I'm feeling okay. You're a soft eight, so we're generally yeah. okay about this. I'm gonna have a very so angry
2: phone call with my parents. Let, at let's some make point. your
1: parents angry because you know we want to get a third opinion in here. What did they say they didn't like about the premiere, so that we can get in that
2: perspective? Yeah, they they said there wasn't any humor. Um, I don't know if the original series had that much humor. Okay, but that, that's... Yeah, they thought it was humorless. They, um, they I, I thought did. it was very graphic <laughs> okay. and very violent. Again, I, I think the original series kind of had that. Um, they actually were not fans of the effects. Now, they didn't
1: like the effects? Okay. Yeah, they didn't
2: like the effects. Um, I they, thought they were fine. but Not to jump in, but mm-hmm.
1: they, they mentioned that there was violence for vi- for violence sake. It didn't yes. have meaning behind the violence, yes, yes. which I could see that. Mm-hmm. I could kind of see that. Um. But okay, the, the one I don't don't get is the the humor part. Like it, you know, it doesn't have to be funny. I don't think. But maybe they miss Tyrion because Tyrion really pulled that in you're together. You're right. You so did, yeah. I, I no, think they're missing a really Tyrion point. a lot.
2: Yeah, you are missing a character like that. I mean, you're missing. Uh, it's 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 tough because I think the strong point of Game of Thrones was the characters. Yeah, there were so many great characters that you just fell in love with. And I mean, God, Jamie Lannister. Mm. I mean, what certainly seasons one through six or seven. I mean, just amazing character arc. Obviously it's completely ruined in the last season, yeah. unfortunately. Um, and we'll see, maybe Damon Targaryen has a kind of arc like that, you know, um, cause he's kind of a, like a, a loose cannon like Jamie was initially. Mm. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the main thing I think you, you're looking for is you want that character that you just fall in love with and you get these very yep. strong emotions about, because in the original series you had, four or five characters that really just kept you invested yes and, you know and uh you don't have that so far again it's just an episode one we'll see where they go with it um but yeah
1: yeah so this how the house of dragon will live or die with its characters i agree if by episode two three we start to see like uh i'm still not really rooting for you yet i'm still not really invested the show's not gonna do super well mm-hmm. at least how, how we feel about it so if if it really does pull those in and gets you that game of thrones feel again i can't wait mm-hmm. we will see
2: i'm very excited
1: yeah I, I mean we will see we're gonna have another episode this is this is a rather quick one but we're gonna have a reaction and review of the house of the dragon after the finale and we'll have our rating we'll go into more specific details but we can't really say much else yeah other than covering the premiere of an episode yeah. which was Promising.
2: Promising. Uh, Was not a letdown. I think that's the key. Yeah. I was not let down by it. I'm um, ready. I'm ready for more.
1: Exactly. Now we're going to finish this off by listing everything great about season eight of Game of Thrones, starting now.